out just for a minute. I'm the campus pastor at George Mason uh, for the Methodist Church as well as some other denominations. And with me are two of our faithful students and, and one alum, I guess, student and alum. Uh, this is Ruth and Lyndon. And Ruth is actually going to be reading some of the scripture for us this morning. So they have uh, put themselves in a place where they wanted to hear me preach. I don't know why you did that, but I appreciate you all. And I'm going to slide a little bit so people can see the screen. Anyone ever been homesick before? Yeah, yeah, I remember going to Canada when I was in the sixth grade. This was supposed to be the trip of a lifetime. We were going to this chain of islands uh, with about 100 other scouts at this Boy Scout camp called Camp Halliburton. And for summer camp. And, you know, I just couldn't help but feel so sad inside. I was picked on by some of the others in my Boy Scout troop and, and didn't know what to do. All I knew is that I wanted to go back home. I didn't want to be with them anymore. I was willing to give it all up, and it was so intense, and I just wanted to go off by myself and cry. I didn't want to have any fun. I didn't want to eat. I would have given anything to just go home. My heart was sick. And the only thing that could make it better was some reminder and way to get home. Now, this reminds me of a really old and silly joke that I heard once. A guy goes into a diner, and the waitress comes over to take his order, and he says, you know what? I want eggs, I want toast, and I want coffee. But can you undercook the eggs? Can you burn the toast? And can you make the coffee really strong and, and really terrible and then yell at me? And the waitress goes, what do, you, what do you mean? And she goes, and the guy goes, I, I'm just homesick. <laughs> now, I can relate. My mom, who's not here this morning, and I've told her this to her face. Everybody's going to go, I can't believe you said that. She is not the greatest cook in the world. But when I was on that scout trip, I would have done anything to go home and eat some frozen chicken walla, which was always half burnt, half frozen still. I never knew how she did it. I thought it's a miracle of modern cooking that half the casserole could be burnt, half the casserole could have still been frozen. Uh, but that's okay. She's not here today. So good thing this is getting recorded so she'll listen to it later though. <laughs> I've traveled all around the world. I've been to Israel, Palestine, South Africa, Haiti, and Brazil. And my favorite day of any of these trips is the day in which I get to go home. Home is important. It's imperative to remember one's home. There's something in all of us that makes us yearn for home, where we can be our truest selves and be exactly where we're called to be. Now, I don't know if you all were paying attention to anything this week that has happened, uh, but it's been a tumultuous week for Americans and in reality for the world as a whole. The election here in the United States has been divisive. It's been nasty on both sides and put our entire nation on edge. There are many people on both sides speaking about their anxiety, the need for their candidate to win, and of a real and lasting fear if their candidate lost. I watched with a group of students at George Mason in the Student Center. And people were running the whole gamut of emotions. Some people were cheering as states were going to their particular candidate. Some students were crying 
there's everything in between. I believe it's important for us to be informed and vote in our country, and we need to remember something that trumps. You see what I did there? The tr- you can laugh. It makes me feel a little better. Thanks. Even our identity as Americans. The fear, the anxiety, and in some instances, hate show a deeper issue within our culture and our society. And I believe that that issue is homesickness. Now, before we continue, I want to point out that I count myself as lucky to be a citizen of the United States of America. In no way am I disparaging our country this morning. I love our country and love our veterans. Do we have any veterans here? Happy Veterans Day. I love our way of life, but I know we're not perfect. And as a Christian, I look to another home. In the scripture text this morning that was chosen by Pastor Matt, not by me, we read in the Psalms that David also states that he too is homesick. Here's a little bit of background on David. Uh, You know, at Mount Rushmore, we have four presidents. Uh, If Israel was to create a Mount Rushmore, it would just be David. It really would. There are a couple of other good kings in the Bible. Uh, One of them named Josiah. I named my son after him. Uh, But there is no one that has looked on fonder than King David. In fact, David was the one that the Messiah was supposed to be descended from. David unified the northern and the southern kingdoms, conquered the city of Jerusalem, and brought the nation of Israel to prominence in his lifetime. You know, David isn't like me or most of you. He was a celebrity. Universally loved, not perfect, but loved greatly by his people. David is known in scriptures that in spite of his shortcomings, you know, that whole Bathsheba story, he's known for having a heart like God's. And it literally says that in the scriptures. He's a politician second and a lover of God first. From his 27th Psalm this morning, we can be reminded of several things as it relates to homesickness. Listen to David's words. One thing I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You who have been my help, do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. This is the king of Israel crying out to the king of the universe. David had military victories. He had confidence. He had it all put together. And yet he too realized something important. He was homesick. He still needed God. Listen to the message version of just verse 4 and 5. I'm asking God for one thing, only one thing to live with him in his house my whole life long. I'll contemplate his beauty, I'll study at his feet. That's the only quiet, secure place in a noisy world, the perfect getaway far from the buzz of traffic. Over the past few months, I would describe our country as a noisy world. I have a confession to make. There are times, many times, 
that I would forget the beauty of God and only focused on the noisiness of the world. Times when I focused on work instead of contemplation of, of love and mercy. Times when I focused on tasks that ought to be done instead of studying at the feet of God. Times when I allow myself to get caught up in the buzz of social media traffic instead of seeking God's face. Times when I allow my identity to be wrapped up in something other than who I am as a child of God. Times when I allow ideological differences to tell me someone is an enemy instead of looking out and seeing them as a child of God. Times when I focus on the divisiveness and brokenness of our world instead of focusing on the healing work we are called to do as disciples of Jesus Christ. I feel homesick because I know that I am in constant need of God's healing power. I am homesick because daily I need God's saving work. Now, salvation is defined as the saving and loving work of God, a work that none of us can do on our own. We see this throughout the scriptures, not just in the person of Jesus Christ even though we believe that Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins. But salvation is bigger. And God has been in the business of salvation longer than just that one act that we see as the climax of human history. We can look at the flood and seeing God save Noah in the midst of all the destruction around him. God saved the children of Israel from slavery to an oppressive leader in Pharaoh. God raised up women and men as judges and prophets to save the people of Israel. Jesus offered the invitation of salvation to all people through his life, death, and resurrection. God has been in the business of salvation throughout history. It is when people forget that this was God's business and turn to their own interests, they get in trouble. God's love casts out fear, casts out hate, and cause us to live with God forever. Now, throughout my life, I've seen many a homesick person. As a youth leader and someone who has worked with middle school students for over a decade, I typically know that on these trips that I will have to become that kind leader who was there for me. I will have to sit with at least one student, comfort them and remind them that we'll be home in just a little bit, and how important it is that they try to stay as long as they can. The students that I'm most worried about are the ones who never, ever want to go back to home. You see, the great tragedy in life is not feeling far away from home when you are far away from home. It's when we feel right at home when we're not at home. I'll say that again. The great tragedy in life is not feeling far away from home when you actually are far away. It's when you feel right at home when you're not at home. Until we are sitting in God's house, we should feel torn. We should feel homesick, always seeking salvation from our God. Listen to how David opens the 27th Psalm. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? God's salvation, God's healing is available here in the present. It's not just something in the past that we read about in the scriptures, nor is it just something that's going to happen in the future. God's salvation is past, present, and future. God's salvation is the opposite of fear. It casts out darkness. It casts out all fear. 
is available to all persons and is the perfect answer to hurt, to pain, to those who are afraid. Now, you may be rolling your eyes right now and saying, that's very cliche. I am so glad that you wanted to come here for 15 minutes to tell me something that I could read on a plaque in most Christian bookstores. It's true, and that's why it's cliche. But the hard part is the application. The hard part is not just taking this beautiful saying, putting it somewhere and saying, that's, that's really pretty. It's actually living it out. That's the tough part. You see, if salvation is God's business, then Jesus invites his disciples to join in the family business. If we believe that God has things under control, then we have to join in and share that message too. There is real fear in our world today. People are being attacked for being different, looking different, thinking differently, and people on all sides of life here in America feel like people are not listening to them. Now, there are faithful Christians who have real differences of opinions. We saw that this week. We can't sit like a child, put our fingers in our ears. Again, I have a one-year-old and a five-year-old, so I know this quite well. Can't sit there with your fingers in your ear and yell out to the world, I can't hear you. All that is too easy, and it hasn't worked. Instead, we have to continue to live out our role in the family business. When there is no one to listen... We have to listen. When there is divisiveness, we have to be the peacemakers. Where there is fear, we have to seek to understand and have empathy. Where there is a lack of understanding, may we ask the Holy Spirit to move us towards understanding. Where there are grudges, may we be the ones first to forgive. And when there is hate, may we love. This is how the Samaritan woman the woman caught in adultery, the countless blind, lame, and hurting people, the demon-possessed persons, the hungry, the hurting, the mourning, all of them experienced this side of Jesus. All of them. Friends, our country, all of it, I would argue this morning, is homesick and needs the disciples of Jesus Christ to stand up and be like the leader on a trip to offer the homesick person someone to sit with them to comfort them, to really listen to them and live out the commands of Jesus as best we can. May we remember our home is with Christ and may we offer these words to the homesick. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Fear is cast out when we remember our home and through the love of God shown to us through Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, May we never forget that as Christians, we are not home yet. And may we take on the family business. Amen? Amen. As we move to 